good morning everybody welcome once again to our sunday morning time here at the digital cathedral i always like to give a special welcome to those of you that are here for the very first time uh, give us a few weeks sometimes maybe what we teach might be a little new to you even strange at times but if you just give it a little bit of time let the spirit of truth sink in <clears throat> i think that you'll discover not only uh, is the teaching at the digital cathedral uh, revelatory but you're also going to find that the people that are here that make up the digital cathedral are also very revelatory and um, generally join together over on the don keithley ministry page and share thoughts so couple of things. First of all, hit the subscribe button so that you're notified whenever we come on at the Digital Cathedral. Hit the subscribe button down below and also give me a like. Uh, the likes help the, the what is it, the logarithms that, that bring us up in visibility a lot more on YouTube. So if you'll do those two things, I appreciate it. And the second thing that I just mentioned is a lot of us gather over at the Don Keithley Ministries page on Facebook and there we dialogue, we share ideas, uh, we have a wonderful time, and it's a safe place for you to share without uh, fear of being trolled or argued with or condemned for the things that you're sharing. Which brings me to where I want to go this morning. I'm going to take a couple of weeks, if you don't mind, and I'm going to come back to some fundamentals for this week and next week. And if you're one that just craves continual revelation, you need a fix, then you may be a little bit disappointed this morning. But I'm very, I'm very, I'm keenly aware that whenever we do a lot of teaching that is deep, and I love to go deep, I love to dive as deep as I possibly can, but I'm also very aware of the fact that when we do that, without backing up once in a while and hitting the foundations, hitting some fundamentals, that there's a tendency that we can drift and forget where we've come from. And I never want to forget where we've come from. We are grace people. We live in God's grace. Grace is the foundation of everything we do. And I, I want to get into that pretty heavy next Sunday morning. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the journey that many of you have been on <clears throat> for some time. And I want you to um, peg yourself this morning. I want you to see where you're at in, in this journey. Paul taught deep revelation, but there were also times that he backed up and he let the people know that Ephesus or Philippi, whatever church he was addressing, he also stopped and reminded them of some very basic things. For example, in Galatians chapter four and verse 19, which is where I'd like to start this morning, in Galatians chapter four and verse 19, Paul says this. He says, my little children. I didn't look up the word children there, but I have a feeling that is probably the word napias, which he's referring to toddler development. It might be tech non-teenager, I'm not sure. I didn't research the word, I probably should have. But he says, my little children of whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Paul's talking about a process here. Paul's talking about a level of realization that was coming to the church at Galatia. He's talking about expanded awareness. He's talking about greater consciousness with a target. And the target was that Christ would be fully formed within them. That's where I want to go this morning. I want to talk about the process that many of us have come through, and I want you to see right where you're at, maybe in the process of having Christ fully formed within us. So this morning, um, as, as, a, as a daddy in the faith, I'm going to do a little bit of travailing, and I want to bring you up to the full level of the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, and I want you to get a good understanding of the process 
that many of you are coming through. And at the Digital Cathedral, we have people at all stages and levels of growth. We have people that are just coming into this first circle I'm gonna talk about. Then we have people that are living this life and uh, creating and are doing a phenomenal job and are on the cutting edge of what the Spirit of Truth is doing today. We've all come through, and, and talking about this process, we've probably all come through three levels on our journey, maybe two levels and we're living in a third. First thing that happened to us First, first level, first leg of this journey is when we were living for Jesus. Do you remember that? Do you remember remember living for Jesus? That was a that was a tough thing to come through, because when we were living for Jesus, and whether you were a a, a good Baptist or charismatic Pentecostal, holiness background, whatever your background, we all pretty much started the same way, which is by praying the prayer. Somehow Jesus came from somewhere into our heart. No, nobody explained that to us. And logically, I don't know where he's coming from, but we prayed the prayer and that launched us on our spiritual walk. We were living for Jesus. And living for Jesus meant that we needed to keep a lot of rules and regulations because yes, we were saved by grace through faith, but we kept it through good works. So this whole living for Jesus was very strenuous. Uh, at times it was full of tension. You never were sure if you were doing a good enough job and you'd go to church on Sunday morning and the pastor would point out your shortcomings, point out uh, how you could make your behavior better so that you could live better for Jesus. Then we kind of moved in into a phase where it was Jesus living through us, um, especially charismatic, especially in the Word of Faith days. It was Jesus living through us. He was operating the gifts through us, uh, word of prophecy, word of knowledge, whatever it was. And in this stage, because he, Jesus was living through you, you wanted to make sure that your life was clean. You wanted to be a good vessel. So again, there was a lot of works involved. There was a lot of uh, striving uh, to be the very best person that we could be so that Jesus was free to move through us. Then along came grace and kind of moved us into a third phase. And we began to see in grace that I never was going to be good enough. I, I never was going to be perfect. And we began to rest in his goodness. We began to see that it was more important what he has done on the cross and finished for us than what I was trying to do uh, to try to live for him. So the done began to overweigh the do. And that's that's an important part of our development and, and the process that we have, have come through. I want to look at it just a little bit deeper if I can this morning, and I want to talk about the pathway to living in this, uh, living as Jesus is then where we have come to in this third phase to where we're no longer living for Jesus, Jesus living through us, we're now living as Jesus. In 1 John 4, 17, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So we've moved into a phase right now where we're not trying to live for him, not trying to be a vessel that he lives through, but actually we're seeing the life of oneness where we are living as him and he is living as us. I like to call it the Christ is us life. That's probably the best definition that I have put on it. I call it the Christ is us life. So I wanna talk a little bit more this morning about the pathway that has brought us to living the Christ is us life. The, the, the living the Christ is your life is the, is the life the Father had in mind for all of us from the very beginning. He wired us, created us to live as Christ. Um, I can be so bold this morning as to say that you are the Word made flesh. When he created you, he spoke the Word. 
He, he formed you out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into your nostrils the breath of, breath of life, said, let us make man. And so you were made in his image and likeness. And the whole design, the whole purpose from the very get-go was <clears throat> that we may live as Christ in this life. So just as Jesus was the word made flesh, in a very real sense, you also are the word made flesh. Now just hold on. Maybe you're at a, at a place where you can't grasp that. But I'm going to show you the process that you're going to come through to where you can grasp it. It's the, it's, the, it's the life the Father wired you for. When he put that electrical panel inside of you, when he formed you and breathed life into you, that electrical pro, pro, uh, panel was programmed to live the crisis of life, to be as Jesus in this present world. In fact, Paul said it like this. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul said this. Listen closely. He says, we have died. We've died. And our life is now hidden with Christ in God. Did you catch that? Our life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's a life of oneness. He's saying that's a life of union. That's a life of no separation. That's, that's the life of understanding that it's, it's no longer you who lives, but it's Christ who lives in you. And the life that you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. You're not living by your faith, you're living, and the King James really puts it right, you're living by the faith of the Son of God. And what I have found in my experience is that's what brings security. That's what brings trust. That's what brings joy. That's what brings this sense of fulfillment uh, that the Father designed us for. And that's the life I want you here at the Digital Cathedral to all be able to to tap into. I want you to tap into the best life, the most fulfilling life, the most joyful, secure existence that you could ever have. And I will tell you from my experience, and I bet a lot of you, if you could shout amen at the Digital Cathedral so that everybody could hear you, you'd shout amen too. I never experienced that security. I never experienced that joy. I never experienced that level of trust and fulfillment when I was trying to live for Jesus. When I was living for Jesus, I was, I, was a busy, I was a busy boy. I was trying to do everything that I possibly could do to make him happy with me. I was trying to do everything that I possibly could to please him. It was very much self-effort. And then when, when I got into that place where I, I began to see, wait a minute, he's, I was getting close. He's living through me. He's flowing through me. Again, I, it, I was a busy boy because I was trying to get myself in a position where I was worthy, where I was good enough. Uh, that I could be a fit vessel, a vessel unto honor. So what we're, we're talking about this morning is a life that you were meant to live in the now, today. And uh, this is what, November the, the 7th, 2021. There's a life that he designed for you to live that is your absolute best life. So here's what I want to do this morning, and I want you to stay with me. And I want, to, I want to encourage you, I want to give you four things I want you to write down because it's if, I, if you don't write it down, it might become a little bit confusing and I want you to come back and think about it later. I want to look at four circles. I want to look at outside circle, next circle in, third circle, and fourth circle. And I want, I want to talk about four circles and I want to start at the farthest point out that you could be this morning on our way to the target, which is living the Christ is us life. So some of you, maybe if this is your first time here, maybe you're still steeped in a little bit of um, Calvinism or Armenianism. You're still a little bit uh, hung up on some religious things, but but you're, you're going to see in this process, you're at some point. You're at some point. So the pathway to living the Christ is us life is very simple. It's a very simple life. 
It's not a life of striving. It's not a life of works. It's not a life of you have to do or have to be. It's simply an awakening to what has always been. Remember, I just told you the Father wired us, hooked us up, put the electrical panel in us that was pre-programmed to live the Christ as us life. So what we're doing now in 2021, more than ever before, we're awakening to what we have been blind to. We're awakening to what has always been, always been true about us. We were designed to live as Jesus lived on this planet. Matter of fact, Jesus came to show us the life we can live. He didn't come to, to show us a life that is so far beyond us that we have absolutely no hope of reaching it. He didn't come to show us that kind of life. He came to demonstrate in fullness the life that is available for us right now. Two main functions of Jesus. Number one, show us the Father. Dispel all of the myths, all the rumors, all the bad reports to show us what the Father's really like. And second of all, to show you the life that you can live today. So we've got four circles and we're going we're gonna to move through these, uh, through these circles to the target, which is the Christ is us life. So we're going to gain some spiritual competence this morning. We're going to see that the Spirit has enabled us to do some things. And as we come through these circles, you're going to find your life becomes more successful. It becomes more effective. It becomes the life that you've always wanted to live. And in, you know, the life that we've always wanted to live isn't necessarily dictated to by how much we own or how much money we got in the bank. It's really, it's really dictated by this inner fulfillment, this sense of, of purpose that we all have. And if you don't have a sense of purpose this morning, that would encourage you to just take some time and get with the Father and say, I'm 50 years old, 60 years old, whatever your age is, and say, you know, maybe I feel like I haven't, haven't had a real purpose in life, but I'm still here. I'm taking up space. I'm breathing air. What's the plan? Where do I go from here? And I'm, it's probably very simple, very simple. The Holy Spirit, let me say this, the Holy Spirit gives the skill, gives us the ability, the desire, the capacity to make us competent to live the Christ is us life. It's a product of grace. This You're not going to strive your way into this. Hope you've been with me long enough that the digital cathedral that you understand, you don't strive your way into anything in the kingdom. It's, it's a grace gift. It's an impartation. It's, a, it's imputing to us. It's direct depositing into our life everything that the Father has for us. It's always been there, always been there. It's just that we have been blind to it, and we're going to talk about that. So the, the, the competentness is not acquired by might. It's not acquired by power. Religious works, it's imparted, it's, in, it's imputed as the Spirit wills. And the Spirit wills to pour it in there just as fast as we're able to take it, right? That new wine is flowing today like never before. And as that wineskin, as your life is prepared to receive more, he's going to pour it just as fast as you can go. All right, so let's talk about four circles this morning. I'm bringing some understanding. We're, we're doing some foundations this morning, as well as next Sunday morning. I just, I just like to bring us back to the blocking, tackling, running and passing, or the hitting, throwing. Um, in, in baseball, you know, there's fundamentals, there's foundations in any sport. And so I'm just bringing us back to some foundations this morning, like any good coach will do. As Paul said in Galatians 4.19, I'm travailing again until Christ is fully formed. It's a journey. It's a process. Enjoy it. I just said you don't have to strive for it. You don't have to work for it. It's not 
based on your competence or your effort. It's a work of the Spirit. He provides the skill, the insight, the revelation, the capacity to make us competent to live the crisis us life. So what's this furthest circle? Let's, let's start walking through some circles this morning. I may teach a little bit shorter this morning than I normally do, but I'm, I'm going to dump a good load on you and use some words that I want, want you to jot down because <clears throat> I want you to come back and think about it. All right, the furthest circle out in living the Christ is us life is what I would call when we are, and I want you to write this down, when we are unconsciously incompetent. Just write it down. I'll explain it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to have you write the title of all four of these circles down because I want you to come back. And if you don't write them down, you're never going to remember them. All right? For, the furthest circle out is when we are unconsciously incompetent. That means we have no perception of the crisis of us life. We have no awareness. We have no idea. Uh, we have no clue. Never heard of a life of union. Never heard of living the crisis us life. We have no idea what it means. We are, we are not awakened on any level yet. We're just unconsciously incompetent. You don't know. You just don't know. And you're not conscious. So you're not able to live what you're not aware of. Does that make sense? If you're ignorant of something, then there's no way that you can possibly possess it. You don't know what you don't know. And a lot of this, this was the starting point for all of us. When we were living for Jesus, when we were living that life where we were trying to be good vessels where Christ would live through us, we had no concept that we could ever be like Jesus and live on this planet as he is. There, there are people that have never heard of a life of union. There are people that have never heard the Christ is us life. They've never heard 1 John 4, 17 ever taught one time in their church. Never had a pastor ever explain to them that as Jesus is, so are you in this world. In fact, that would if, if that was ever even mentioned, it would be considered heresy, even though John wrote it in 1 John 4, 17. See, you, you don't know what you don't know. It's like somebody that has never seen a car. There are people on the planet that have never seen a car. Never seen an automobile, never ridden in one, have no idea what a car is, have no concept what a car is. Wouldn't know what you were talking about if you're talking about changing the oil in the car or giving your car a tune-up or rotating the tires. Have no idea what you're talking about. How could they? They've never seen it. They've never experienced it. They've never, they have no revelation of it. And I will tell you this, there are people on earth that have never heard the real Jesus. Oh, they may have heard the name Jesus. There are even people that have taken Jesus and you know, put put it on, you know, as, as part of a what we would call a cuss word. But they don't really know Jesus. The people sitting in church today, all over the United States of America, all over the world, that really don't know Jesus. They've never heard the real Jesus. Don't know the story. Don't know what he's about. The vast majority of Christians have never heard anything about what it means to be in union with the Father. They are They are unconsciously unaware. There just is no way that they can possibly know at this point. So they're at this first circle. They're unconsciously incompetent. Are you with me? They're unconsciously incompetent. They're, they're trying to do good works. They're trying to, to, to please the Father through what they're doing, but they have no clue. It's, it's like Paul said this, and Paul at the church at Corinth, he was bringing them back to some foundations. And in 2 Corinthians, let me, let me read this for you. Because this, this is, defines this circle. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 
And let me pick it up with verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. He says, if our gospel is veiled, and if what I'm teaching to you this morning is veiled, and it's veiled to many people, it is veiled to those that are perishing. That doesn't mean they're going to hell. If you're perishing, it means you're simply not connected to life. It means that the branch is not connected to the vine, right? There's a disconnect, and it creates the perishing. Now watch what it says, verse 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So these people are, are living in that place where they are unconsciously incompetent. They absolutely have no clue as to what's going on. This outer circle is when we were is when we are unconscious of our incompetence. We don't know that we don't know. We have no idea. So you can't fault somebody for that. And this is probably a, a, a good time to say this. There are people that you're going to deal with. There are people on Facebook that are that are unconsciously incompetent. They have no idea. So when you talk to them about some things, they're going to fight it. They're going to resist it, just like you did maybe at first because they don't know that they don't know. And this is the starting point where all of us began this walk, even, <clears throat> even when you were a Christian, called yourself a Christian, you were unconsciously incompetent of the lifestyle that we're talking about. You, you knew nothing about being a manifested son of God. You were just hoping and praying that you could hold on to the end to make it through the pearly gates of heaven. That was the whole emphasis. What has stopped our development more than anything else is this erroneous doctrine of the, of, of the rapture and thinking that Jesus is going to show up visibly, personally, before breakfast. So it's just, it's just totally stopped all kinds of development within the body of Christ. Right? But this is the starting point that we all began with. Right? Then as you begin to awaken as your perception starts to get sharper, your awareness, all of a sudden, you're starting to become aware. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something more going on here. You come into this second circle where you are consciously incompetent. And I want you to write that down. Just as you wrote unconsciously incompetent, which means you didn't have a clue, didn't know. Now you move in a circle. All of a sudden, you're starting to awaken. Your perceptions are opening up and you're consciously incompetent. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, this is, this is where we don't know, but we're beginning to realize we don't know. Oh, I remember that stage so well. I knew there was more. I was onto something, but I, did, I had no idea really what it was. It's like the guy that knows there's cars, he's heard a rumor of a car, or he's seen a picture of a car, but he has absolutely no idea what the car's like. He, he doesn't know what, a, what that new car smell is like when you first get into the, a brand new car. You open the door, sit down. And have, there, I love that new car smell, that leather, everything in there. He has no idea what that is. Never, never experienced it. But he knows there's a car. He knows there's such thing as a car. And when you are consciously incompetent, this is where you begin to know that I don't know. <laughs> I begin to know that I don't know. This There's a stirring inside. You remember that stirring inside? There's kind of this restlessness and the same old, same old just doesn't cut it anymore. You know, you, you, it doesn't ring the bell. 
you're you're sitting in church and you're going, man, I've heard this, I've heard the same message a thousand times with a different title. What does the pastor do? Does he go back and slap a different title on, on the same message and come over? Because I've heard the same thing over and over and over. This is where you're, you're starting to ask questions. This is where you become dangerous to religion. Religion doesn't want you asking questions. They don't want you diving deep on your own. They want you dependent on them. So this is where you're beginning to search out for yourself and you don't accept. This is where you no longer accept pad answers. This is where the same thing that they've told you time and time again, you're not buying it. You know there's something. You're not sure what it is. And sometimes you begin to a, a approach into something new and you back up because it, it startles you a little bit as to if this is true, then man, I've been way off base over here, right? You're searching, but you're really not sure. Paul was dealing with people that were consciously incompetent in Acts chapter 17 on Mars Hill. Paul encounters this group of people that are worshiping idols. They're worshiping a God that they don't even know anything about. So let me read a few verses because in Acts chapter 17, because what Paul is doing, I love the way that Paul worked with these guys in Acts chapter 17. He didn't stroll on the scene and begin to, to tell them they're headed for hell. He didn't stroll on the scene and say, you guys are full of air, you're heretics, you're way off base. Paul didn't handle it that way. He comes to these idol worshipers in Acts chapter 17. Let me pick it up. Let me read verses 22 to 25. <clears throat> then I want to read verses 28 to 31. I want you to watch how Paul deals with people that are, that are consciously incompetent. They're searching. They're looking. In Acts chapter 17, verse 22, Paul says this. It says, Paul stood in the midst of the people and said, men of Athens, I perceive in all things that you're very religious. He compliments them. He says, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, he saw the idols, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. See, these people knew there was something. They knew there was something. They, wasn't, they weren't sure what it was, but they had an altar. They built an altar to what they didn't know. They were consciously incompetent. In verse 23, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, he said, this is the one I'm going to proclaim to you. So Paul is going to bring some, some light. He doesn't put him down. He just says, you guys are searching. You're wondering. You're looking around. I'm here to help you to see what it is that you're looking for. And that's what I do on the Digital Cathedral. I, I, never, I never make light of somebody's beliefs. I never put it down. I, I don't like religion. I don't like the system. I'm very opposed to it. But I'm very sympathetic and empathetic to the people that are snared up and caught in that system, especially the people that are looking for something. And he says, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim <clears throat> God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's, men's hands as though he needed anything. Watch, since he gives life to all and breath to all things, since he gives life to all. Do you see what he's doing with the idol worshipers, idol worshipers there? He's taking these people that were consciously incompetent. They knew there was something. They were searching. And he says, you know what? The God that you're looking for is the God that is has given life to everything, to every person, and breath to all. Now, this is piquing their curiosity. 
They want to know more, more about this God. So let me come down to verse 28. And let me read through verse 31. 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own prophets had said, we are his offspring. So Paul is dropping some revelation bombs on them. He's saying the God that you don't know about is the God that gives life to all of us. All of us have, and you know what the word life there is? I, this, this shocked me when I looked it up. It's the word zoe. It's the, the God kind of life. He is saying in that 25th verse that God has given his very life to all of us. He's telling the idol worshipers that. Do you know how, how opposed the evangelical church would be to hear that? I'm telling you, Paul would lose his ordination certificate if he came into an evangelical Baptist church or Pentecostal church, charismatic church, and teach what he taught on Mars Hill. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, he brings them in and says, you're the children of God. He said, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and men's, uh, men's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance, of being consciously incompetent, God overlooked and now commands men everywhere to repent, metanoia, change your mind, head in a different direction, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. So there's a day he will judge the world righteous, and he did that at the cross. He judged the entire world righteous. By the man whom he has ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by raising, given assurance to us all by raising him from the dead. So, I mean, Paul just drops the gospel. He drops bombs on them. I love the way Paul handled this. He's talking to people that were consciously incompetent, and he just, he knows their awareness is opening up. He knows they're starting to get per perception. So Paul just comes in and he just begins to shine the light. In the search, we sometimes make mistakes. We're sometimes like those guys on Mars Hill. We form idols. We form things that we, we start to worship, right? Money, security, uh, uh, our profession. We start to get an identity that is that is centered in the wrong place. We make mistakes. We follow rabbit trails. <clears throat> there are people today that started with me back in the grace thing in the early 2000s, 20 years ago, and they've kind of moved off into some, some rabbit trails because they're still looking. They haven't really hit what it is they're looking for. But I'll tell you this, the Holy Spirit is always, you get off on a rabbit trail, you make a mistake, you start following the wrong thing. Holy Spirit is so faithful. He will bring us back on track. There are multitudes of day, of multitudes today sitting in church that are very frustrated because they know that there's more. We all, do you remember that time when you sat in church and you looked around and you said, man, this is, this is boring. This, this is not ringing the bell anymore. There was a time you couldn't hardly wait to get over to the church house. You couldn't wait for Sunday morning, Wednesday night. You were, you were thrilled with it, but there came a time because he's, He's forming Christ fully in you. And there was a time he said, there's, got to, there's, there's more. I, I don't know what it is. I'm looking. But I, I, I'm afraid to come out from this established security that I've built up for myself for the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I felt that when I, when I began to get the revelation of all the things I'm teaching in the early 2000s, and I, I just had a, a little glimpse. I was... I'll be honest with you, I was nervous about it because I knew it was probably going to cost me everything that I had worked hard for 40 years to, to build. One of your major tasks today 
is to simply let what you have discovered, like Paul did in the 17th chapter of Acts, just let it be a part of other people's journey by showing what you have in a very non-threatening, in a very non-judgmental way. We're not here to threaten. We're not here to judge anybody. We're here to turn the light on. That's what Paul called the ministry of reconciliation. That's where we, we, we worked, as Paul did, to just bring people back to where the Father would really have them. You know, we, we've, all been, we've all been consciously incompetent. We've all been, what's that old Waylon Jennings song? We all were looking for love in all the wrong places. Can you hear Waylon singing that? Here's a verse of that song. He said, I spent a lifetime looking for you. Single bars, good time lovers, never true. Playing a fool's game, hoping to win. Telling those sweet lies and losing again. Man, the, we, I could take that and, and do an hour teaching on how we chase those sweet lies. How we were looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love by performance. Looking for love by, by giving, by fasting. We're looking for love. We, we so much wanted the acceptance of the Father. And little did we know. We were consciously incompetent. Little did we know that it was already there for us. And then begin to dawn on us. We were a little bit like those people over there in Acts chapter 17 that Paul was talking to. We were worshiping a God, but we really did not know the God. We created him in our minds. We created him based on the perception of what other people had told us. And we looked at him as very judgmental, vindictive, harsh, cruel at times. Never knew how he would react. So the search where we are consciously incompetent of living the crisis of life takes us in all directions. It really can. As you're searching and taking every direction. Maybe some of you watching today, you've been looking around, you've been trying to figure it out. God is so faithful. But when you're just consciously incompetent, you're on the right track. You're headed to the bullseye. All right, next circle in. Here we, we come into the third circle. And this is when you are ready. I want you to write it down. When you are consciously competent. When you are consciously competent. And what does that mean? It means that we see all right, the Holy Spirit starting to work in us. Our eyes are starting to open up and we're cooperating with it. We're cooperating with it. <clears throat> Paul told the, the Romans over in chapter 8, this, this is kind of where they were at at, this, at, 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 at becoming consciously competent. They, they were beginning to see. They were consciously understanding some things. And so Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So when you're consciously competent, you're starting to be led by the Spirit of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You're not going back. You know you're not going back to being unconsciously competent when you know that there's something wrong and you're not going back to being unconsciously incompetent where you have no clue. You now got a clue. You're beginning to see it. You're not going back. You've received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So now you're starting to see, okay, God is my father. And you're starting to put down some foundations. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There's something in you. When you become consciously competent, there's something inside of you that says, yes, I'm on the right track. Mm, I, I'm, I'm beginning to nail this down. I, I see it. I feel it. I sense it. It resonates. It's a good feeling, man. I, I, love, I love coming through this. 
And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Indeed, if we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. So when you're coming through being consciously competent, you're starting to see that you are an heir of God. You're joining heir with Jesus all of a sudden. Now, Jesus is not some figure that has been put on a pedestal, aloof, apart from you. You're starting to see you're a joint heir. Church never talks about joint heirship with Jesus. Jesus and you are, are, are totally different places. Jesus, let me say it again. Jesus came to show you the life that you can live today in the now. It's an exciting place to be. You're fully conscious that you are on the journey of a lifetime. You're, you're, you're All of a sudden, you're spiritually alive. You're, you're, you're mentally alive. You're tuned in. You're learning a lot of the fundamentals. You tune into the digital cathedral and you say, man, I like what that guy's saying. It speaks to me. It speaks to me. I'm, I'm growing in this. And now you're beginning to understand how to do something. We came through six weeks on how to be a creator. You grabbed onto that. You said, you know what? I can create. I can, I can make the life I want to live. And there's some amazing things that happen as you become consciously competent. Check this out. When you become consciously competent, you're on the trail. You're on, you, you know, I, this is good. All of a sudden, teachers show up. Books appear. And you're surrounded by other people going the same way you're going. How do you think you stumbled into the digital cathedral? You think it was by mistake? I don't think so. It was the, it was the sovereign work of the Father that drew you in with people going the same way that you're going. You, 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 you're consciously involved. Your awareness is developing. It's like, it's like driving a car with a learner's permit. When you're, when you're consciously competent, that's a good way to put it. It's like driving a car with a learner's permit. Remember when you got your learner's permit and you got in the car? You had to mentally go through all the checkoffs, just the mirror, put the seat belt on, look in the rearview mirror, make sure nobody's behind me as I start to back up. You mentally were aware that you're driving a car. Or maybe it's kind of like playing a sport where you've learned the fundamentals and you're, have to, you're consciously aware of everything you're doing. You're thinking through it. Like practicing your golf swing, you've, you've take, you, you're learning to play golf. And so you're learning the proper swing. So you go to the driving range to practice and practice and practice. And you're very conscious of the backswing and the follow through. You're maybe getting some lessons and the guy keeps telling you, keep your mind on what you're doing. Stay focused, concentrate. So this is when you consciously say, I need to stop to pray. Or I need, I haven't read my Bible today. Or I need to bring my mind back to spirit. Uh, this is where you purposely are crossed by somebody and you purposely say, I need to extend some grace and love to them. You, you, you're, you're aware, you're consciously competent. You're aware of what's going on, but it's, it's not yet you. <laughs> it's not yet you, but you're getting there. So this brings us into this fourth circle. And I want you to write this down. This is where you become unconsciously competent, unconsciously Competent. This is where you no longer have to think about think about it. You you do what you know, and you're no longer aware of it. It just is naturally you now. This is the Christ as us life. This is where you're just naturally living the life. You're living the Christ as us life by simply uh, it being instinctive. I think that's the word I want to use. It's just natural for you right now. You don't have to stop to think to extend grace to somebody. You see somebody and you know they messed up. Maybe they uh, hurt you and so on. You just 
You, you know all the grace God's given you. It's just now part of your character. It's part of your inner being that you just extend it. You just love them and go on about your business. You just naturally in, enjoy the flow of this life. This is, this is where you can drive the car, <laughs> listen to the radio, and think about the lunch that you're going to order at the drive-up window at Wendy's. You can do, you can drive the car. You're not, you don't have to mentally go through the checklist and think. This is where you don't have to stop and think, man, I need to pray. I read my Bible lately. I need to, you know, this is just where you're in this relationship. You're in this fellowship with the Father. It's, it's no longer you that's living. It's the Christ that's living in you. You no longer live your own life. You're living his life. It's flowing. It's manifesting. You're like, the branch that's connected to the vine. There's just an automatic flow there where you and the Father through the Son and the Spirit are just working in in harmony. You're harnessed together. You are yoked together. You are of one essence. That's the whole thrust of what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. Let me refresh your memory here. In John chapter 17, that great prayer that Jesus prayed, he prayed he prayed the, this, what I'm talking, what I'm teaching you about this morning. This is where he wanted the, the disciples to come to. Let, let me just, I'll just cherry pick a couple of verses, fair enough. John chapter 17, verse 14. Jesus says this, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. So by this time, you're, 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 not, you're not pulled off by the junk in the world you're in the world, you're not of the world. You're aware of politics, you're aware of what's going on, but it hasn't so absorbed you that it's eating your lunch and popping the bag. And there's some Christians right now that are in that situation. The world has still swallowed them. Jesus said, look, you don't, you don't fit into the world anymore. And he says in verse 15, I don't pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep the them from the evil that's in the world. That's the Christ's us life. You're not taken out of the world. You're here for a purpose, but you don't have to be sucked into the evil that is going on in the world. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Exact same way. Jesus sent you as the Father sent Jesus. Well, how did the Father send Jesus? He sent him well-equipped, sent him with, with enough power, grace, uh, with resources that he could live the life. And then verse 22, the glory which you gave me, I've given them. Wow, that's powerful. Think about that. The glory that the Father gave Jesus, Jesus has given to us. And then we read on in verse, let me just hit verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you gave me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. So Jesus is saying this life that he wants you to live is where you are fully aware of how much the Father loves you to the point that you understand and you're convinced that he loved you as he loved Jesus even before the foundation of the world. So this is living the crisis us life. You don't have to think about a prayer time, reading your Bible, meditating, loving other people, being gracious, being forgiven. It's now just who you are. It's who you are. And the target, the very target, the bullseye of this is living the transcendent life. It's living from above. It's knowing that your real resource is the invisible. It's knowing that you can tap into whatever you need at any time. Paul said it like this. He said, if you have been resurrected with Christ, Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2, he said, if you've been resurrected with Christ, seek the things that are above. He said, don't put your mind on earthly things anymore. Set your mind on things above. 
So life becomes, the crisis that's life. You've, you've come out here where you were unconsciously incompetent to where you were consciously incompetent to where you were uh, consciously competent, right? You come through all those circles. And I hope you wrote it down because I know it can sound a little bit confusing because of competent, incompetent, conscious, unconscious. But if you'll come back and meditate on that, you'll see how you have come to this place where now life becomes this effortless flow from the vine, Jesus, to you, the branch. And you are bearing much fruit. And the fruit that you're bearing in your life, you got an abundant life, you got a life that means something, you're happy, uh, you're fulfilled. And you've done all this without any pump, push, or pull. All you've, 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 you've fulfilled it, you've accomplished it by grace, by this, by this divine influence that has produced all this effortless change in you as you simply rested in him. That's how grace works. Grace is a divine influence that produces effortless change. I've changed so much in my life. If you would have known me back in the early 2000s, man, I was, I was a striving, working, uh, uptight pastor with a staff, uh, running a school, a daycare. I mean, I had the whole nine yards going. But when I tapped into grace, he began to change me, and I didn't try to change. I'd spent my whole life trying to change, living for Jesus, Jesus living through me. But I'll tell you what, this crisis, this life is the best life that you can ever live. It's a, a, a transcendent life. Let me see if I can make it easy for you. See, because all these, all these circles from where we're out here, unconsciously incompetent, each circle that brings us in has the bullseye of a transcendent life. Here's what a transcendent life is very simply. It's, it's a life of a mirror. That's what it is. A mirror receives an image and then just reflects it. That's what a mirror does. All a mirror does is receives an image. Your bathroom mirror just receives your image. You stand in front of it, it receives your image and reflects it back. That's all we do. We receive and reflect back the image of the Father through the Son and the Spirit. The more we know about the Father, the more tightly defined we see the Father, the more the crisis life, us life flows through us, the more the spirit of revelation, the spirit of truth unveils our eyes and we awaken and our perception grows sharper, the more that his love is mirrored back from us. We receive the image of his love, of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy. And as we receive it, like a mirror, we just reflect it back to the world. That's all Paul was doing in Acts chapter 17. He was just reflecting back to those idol worshipers what he had received himself. The inner life of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit that is developed inside of you is now pushed to the outside. It becomes your outer life. I'm real strong on that at the Digital Cathedral. Everything I talk about is inner development. It's inner life. Creation takes place inside of you. Then it's moved to the outside. The, 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 the crisis us life is first developed inside. It's not something you do that is showy, that you people go, oh, wow, that guy certainly knows how to talk spiritually. He knows his Bible. No, it's, it's an inner life of joy, of peace, of fulfillment, uh, of the fruit of the Spirit, the long-suffering, uh, the grace, the patience, all within us, and it's just mirrored then to the outside. You're, you're living the life that Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, that he called manifesting as the Son of God. The, the bird's eye, high-level view 
of living the crisis life takes us from that place of being unconsciously incompetent to live it. We, we had no clue. We, did, we didn't know what, we didn't, didn't even know about it. So we weren't to blame for it. It takes us to where we are unconsciously competent. We just live the life. It's just us. It's been integrated into us. And there are many of you that are with me here at the Digital Cathedral. You're, you're at that fourth circle in, right? You're just living the life, brother. It is now your life and you realize it's your life. You're not straining at it anymore. You're not, you're not trying to live this. It just is you because your target has become the transcendent life, a life that is lived from above. And I'm not talking about a distant above. I'm talking about above from a different level of consciousness, from a different level of perception. That's where you're now living and you're fully aware of it. And this is where life gets fun. This is where when you play a, uh, play a sport, I told you when you first learned the sport, you had to keep your head in the game. You had to be conscious of everything you're doing. That's when you're consciously uh, incompetent, but you know what's going on. But now that now that you are in this place of being unconsciously competent, you're just in the flow of the game. You can enjoy it. If you ever played basketball or football or baseball, you know that there comes a time if you start in a little league, by the time you get to high school or college, you understand the game, you just enjoy the game, you get in the flow of the game, there's nothing that really surprises you. You've seen it all, you've been there, done that, it, you're experienced at it, and that's what the Christ as a, us life becomes. It becomes this adventure, this flow. It's like like the baseball game. You play a game every, every time you play, you, you, it's exciting because you wanna see what transpires. You know the rules, you know how it's gonna, how it, how it all works. And that's what he's teaching us, how it works, how it's going to end up. But but playing it out, man, is exciting. It's exci It's an exciting life. Hope you got something from this this morning. I think I've dumped enough on you. I hope you wrote down. If you didn't write down those four circles coming in, I want you to go back and listen to this again. I probably packed a lot in this that you're going to pick up the second time when you listen. And write, and write down the four circles. And then think about the times that you were unconsciously incompetent, how when you didn't know that you didn't know until you have arrived at a place, you hope that you are now unconsciously competent to where it's just you. It's just you living a life. All right, next Sunday morning, I wanna to talk to you. I wanna put a title on next Sunday's morning. Next Sunday morning's teaching at Di Digital Cathedral and I'm gonna call it this. Your time has come. Your time has come. I want to lay some things on you next week that I hope challenge you and stretch your wine skin as we pour some new wine into it. Let me say again, thank you for being with me. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at The Secret Place. And don't try to strive. Don't try to make it happen. Just rest in Him and let that divine influence produce effortless change in your life. God bless you. I salute all of you that are on this journey with me. Thank you for praying. Thank you for support. And we'll see you next time at the Digital Cathedral.